Hey everybody, this is Brave Telsh, and this is Have Not Seen This Beyond the Screens. Happy Monday to you. Hope you enjoyed this weekend. I certainly did. Uh, I am moved into my new place. Been been here for a couple of weeks now, but just finally getting settled in. Uh, you might notice a difference in the sound quality. A couple of people have pointed out that difference in the intro to the last couple of episodes. And yes, I, I it is a different sound. It's a new place. Uh, and I've got to do some soundproofing at this place. It's the first time I've set up a studio uh, in my house and actually had to do some soundproofing because there's so much resonance. So it's going to be a little echoey for a little while until I get that sorted out. But uh, bear with me. It'll be fine. At least I'm back to recording and releasing episodes, including getting a Monday Beyond the Screens out. So uh, I'm going to call that a victory. And I also want to point out, it's been two years now of doing the podcast. This week marks the two-year mark of Have Not Seen This. So happy anniversary to me. I, I wish I had more episodes out. There's been a couple of times I've needed a break in there, and so we're not at the episode count that I would like to be. But uh, all in all, I'm pretty happy with the state of the podcast as it is right now. So let's do what we do on these uh, Beyond the Screens episodes. First of all, let's talk about last week's Friday Inquiry, because we talked about Ravenous last week uh, with James Rodriguez. Fantastic movie. The more time that has passed by since I watched it, the more I really enjoy the movie. But as I said in the episode itself, still have some issues with the soundtrack. Uh, score really kind of graded me the wrong way, but overall, I really enjoyed the movie. And uh, used it for just kind of a, a silly question this week and ended up getting a ton of responses to. So this week's Friday Inquiry was, uh, what is your favorite meal from a movie? Either the food itself or the scene it's a part of. Of course, that's a, a joke given the cannibalistic nature of the movie. And yet I ended up getting a lot of very solid responses to it. Over on Facebook, where you can find us at Have Not Seen This Podcast, uh, Drew Meyer said the Lost Boys meal from Hook, similarly most of the Hogwarts meals from the Harry Potter films. Luke Kunkka said anything from any Studio Ghibli film. They had such a specific way of drawing and painting the food that no matter what it was, it looked absolutely delectable. Bonus answer, the meal scene from Alien. And those answers you're going to hear repeated a couple of times, except for the meal scene from Alien. I can't even remember what they were eating in that scene, other than just the scene is so memorable for, you know, the emergence of the chestburster there. Uh, Luis Ramirez said, The cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Maybe not so much a favorite meal scene, but definitely a standout moment when it comes to the meal being revealed at the end. Also, I never abandon a cannoli. Chris Eklund said the dinner scene from Beetlejuice never fails to make me laugh. Of course, that would be the scene, the Deo uh, boat song scene, which I, I have to agree with. Joe McDonald said Bill Murray's breakfast spread in Groundhog Day. I'm not even a breakfast person. Also, the breakfast club lunch scene, such eclectic meals. And I agree with both of those. And then finally, Michael Reed just posted a picture of Jaws chowing down on Quint. That, that iconic image from the Jaws movie, which is what a, what a great response that is. And it definitely answers the question. Over on Twitter, where we have not seen this, uh, the Kunkka said totally the meal from Hook and posted a delicious looking picture of the boys chowing down on meat from that. And uh, then got the response from Elderberry's Gaming of Bangarang, which I can't, that, that's, that's what you say to that meal, isn't it? James Rodriguez said, my first thought was the monkey brains from Temple of Doom and then Ray Liotta brains from Hannibal. But then I decided to make a serious answer and decided upon Ratatouille and posted a gif of that. Uh, I was expecting the Temple of Doom answer from somebody. Uh, the Ratatouille one kind of cracks me up that somebody went straight. 
Thomas Mariani said Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is stacked full of delicious-looking meals right from an opening credits food prep montage that'll make you salivate. Also, a shout-out to Juzo Itami's Tampopo, where the figurative-slash-literal lines of food porn blur extensively depending on the scene. I find it interesting that Thomas mentioned that second one because we actually have that lined up as a selection, uh, have had for over a year now, just trying to coordinate with the guest on that movie. That's a movie I have not seen, still have not seen, and as as we set a recording date, I will finally get a chance to uh, to watch that movie. Uh, Thundergun, that would be Adam Thomas, also from Double Edge Double Bill, said, Dog, the pizza in TMNT 2 is out of this world. Also, the pizza from a Goofy movie. To which I responded with a gif of Buzz Lightyear saying, You're mocking me, aren't you? Because that sounded really silly. But he said, No, he's absolutely serious about it. If he was mocking, he would have said the dog turd in Pink Flamingos. Uh, Chris Talent said, Oh, Lord, like everything that's made in a Studio Ghibli film. Which, I, I again, the second time it's been said, but I totally agree with that, because the Studio Ghibli films, they make me hungry when I see those movies, especially Spirited Away. Chris went on to specifically point out Ponyo, which I have not seen yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Studio Ghibli is definitely good with food. Gotta, gotta agree with that. So that's our Friday inquiry from last week. Some great responses in there, some great food dishes to think about. Um, it really got me thinking about how food is presented in cinema. And uh, how often we see it, and it's an essential part of a scene or a not-so-essential part of the scene. Not necessarily the cannibalistic nature of Ravenous, but still a fun question for the week. So that's the Friday Inquiry. Uh, Every Friday I post a question on social media. You can find us on Twitter at HaveNotSeenThis, on Facebook at HaveNotSeenThisPodcast, and uh, chime in with your answers to the question inspired by that week's movie. Another thing I wanted to chat about uh, on this week's Beyond the Screens um, we finally got a trailer for The Matrix 4, uh, and I, I'm a huge Matrix fan. We've done an episode on The Matrix. I talked a little bit in that episode about how uh, The Matrix movies were my senior thesis in my undergraduate work in college. I wrote a thesis kind of justifying philosophically the sequels, that they were a philosophical extension of the ideas that are presented in the first movie, especially Baudrillard's postmodern work. But also getting a little bit into the idea of the Ubermensch and uh, the, the Christian overviews of the movie. So I'm a huge Matrix fan. And yet, even though the Matrix 4 has been out there on the radar for a while, I have not been very excited about returning to the Matrix. I just I feel like they're going to screw it up. And early last week, we got teasers of the trailer. So instead of a teaser trailer, we got short little snippet teasing the upcoming trailer, and I honestly had a very adverse reaction to those because I felt like they were just repeating imagery that we had already seen in The Matrix, and it made me really worried that The Matrix 4, uh, The Matrix Resurrection, is just going to end up being a rehash of what we've already seen. And I don't want to see that. We already have The Matrix. It doesn't need to be remade. It doesn't need to be rebooted. If they're going to do a fourth chapter, then it needs to be something new, something that adds to what was a very original movie at the time that it came out, assuming you hadn't seen Dark City. That's why The Matrix was such a blockbuster, is it had all these very original, unique ideas that it presented, if you hadn't seen Dark City, and really blew me and many, many people away with that. So we finally got the trailer, I sat down, I watched it, and guys, I'm excited for The Matrix Resurrection now. And some of my concerns are still there. It does look like we are repeating 
some of the imagery, some of the ideas that came from the original Matrix. But at the same time, what the sequels introduced was that this was something that was cyclical in nature. All of this had happened before. And so now seeing how Neo responds to those same events as an older veteran, as I, I can't tell if he's forgotten he's the one and has to relearn that or what, that could be really interesting. And the idea that it is the Matrix resurrection resurrection is really going to tie into those ideas from Gnosticism and Christianity that they had in the original ideas. So I got to say, from a philosophical standpoint, I'm really game to see if they continue on with these concepts that they introduced in The Matrix. And just from a blockbuster standpoint, I got to admit, some of the imagery blew me away. It is, in many ways, a lot of the stuff that we saw in the first movie, but from a different vantage point, from a different experience. And that could play out differently and make this whole cyclical nature of the Matrix and the One and the fragmented code and all of that could could make it really interesting. So I'm I'm excited to see how they're going to move the story forward because I do feel like it is going to be something that moves the story forward. So if you have not seen that trailer... I highly recommend checking it out. It is not a movie that I was excited about a week ago, but yet now I'm suddenly really excited about it. And it it helps, I have to admit, it helps that it is one of the premieres that is also coming to HBO Max as well as in theaters, so I can feel comfortable watching this movie as opposed to having to wait for it to to come to home video. Because things like Shang-Chi, I still have not seen because Disney decided to make them theatrical exclusives. And I, I think studios are missing the mark. I've talked about this before. I think th- this is our chance to evolve away from that. There's still a lot of joy of going and sitting in a movie theater, but I'm not at a point, especially with COVID numbers on the rise, I'm just not at a point that I'm willing to do that. I'm not willing to take my son. Both of us are vaccinated, but I'm not willing to do that right now. So I'm excited about The Matrix 4 because it's a movie I can see when it comes out, uh, as opposed to many others that are coming out that I'm, I'm missing the chance to see. All right, so I've blathered on enough about that. Excited about The Matrix. Friday Inquiry is funny this week. Uh, And so, to a degree, is the movie that we're going to talk about this week. This week's movie is another Kids on Bikes film. Uh, And just to give you an update before we get into actually talking about the movie, Drew and I talked uh, when we did our last Kids on Bikes movie, The Goonies. I brought him on for the Beyond the Screens, and we talked about the podcast that we were developing at the time about Kids on Bikes movies and game, you know, the the Kids on Bikes role-playing game, and how those movies could be used to inform and inspire our gaming experiences. This is a podcast that is still in the works. We have not abandoned it, even though we had originally expected to have our original episode out in August, and it's now mid-September. We did sit down last weekend and record kind of a demo episode of it so we could get a little practice under our belts. We are looking at having some guests. We've got some amazing guests lined up from the gaming world that we're really excited about. So now it's a matter of coordinating schedules and getting a little bit more practice. But that that podcast is forthcoming. I will give you more details on it as it it, it finally is developed into its final form. Uh, But because we're talking kids on bikes this week, I felt like I needed to give some sort of update. But another podcast that I'm kind of involved in is related to this week's uh, movie. This week, uh, we're doing Summer of 84. As I said, it is a kids on bikes movie. It's a topic that we discuss in the interview this week. Um, but the guest this week is Soup, uh, 
from the Nazaria podcast. And this is a podcast I've talked about a little bit on social media before. I don't think I've talked about it on this before, but I do recommend going and checking it out. It has a YouTube channel and it does have its own podcast feed. Uh, that's Nazaria, N-A-Z-A-R-I-A. And the reason I'm encouraging people to check it out, it's an audio drama, uh, is because I'm, I, I am one of the roles in the upcoming second season, which I'm really stoked about. And I hope people will hear this and really enjoy the story that's being told and hopefully enjoy my performance in it. So I'm stoked about that podcast. But Soup, who is kind of the brain behind the world of Nazaria, is this week's guest. And he picked a Kids on Bikes movie, Summer of 84. And uh, I really hope you will tune in this week for the regular episode to check out our conversation about that. Give you a little bit of more background on Nazaria as well as a great movie discussion in there as well. So that's going to do it for this Monday Beyond the Screens. Uh, we'll be back Thursday with our regular movie discussion about Summer of 84. Would love to hear your thoughts on the Matrix 4 trailer or on any of this stuff that we're talking about. You can always hit me up, social media, uh, have not seen this on Twitter, have not seen this podcast on Facebook, email me at have not seen this at gmail.com. And we will see you on Thursday for our regular episode. Be kind to each other.